What's going on, everybody? We are back. It's been a while, you know? Been a while since we since we hung out here on the state of Southeastern. You know? Sorry. Hope you didn't miss miss the show too much. And hopefully you're still listening to it. Because if you weren't, that would make me sad. Anyway, uh, you know, we, we had some, we had a show or I see, I, I always want to say we just, you know, habit, I guess that you want to talk about everything in like a collective effort. And I guess if you really think about it, we are one big podcast family. So anyway, um, we were going to have a show, um, and some stuff fell through and that's happened a couple of times. And so, um, I, I want to get the show back going. Um, want to get everything back up and running and, um, yeah. So, so no guests today, just your old friend, John. Um, today we're going to talk about basketball, really fun time. You know, these last two years have been a ton of fun, but, um, you know, very real possibility for both teams to win regular season uh, conference championships. And then I was going to do, um, you know, a, a show on the portal, transfer portal. We're going to have a whole show about it. Uh, but obviously that fell through. Um, but there are some things that I would like to say about it. And, um, you know, what? Well, let's just let's just start with that, you know. Um, and before I get started, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion and this is mine. Um, there is not a single kid in, I will say the Southern United States and I will say the majority of the United States. Maybe if you get into, you know, North Dakota, stuff like that, this is different, but that's beside the point. Let me get back to my point. There is not a single kid in America who's just starting football, let's say like nine, 10 years old, who's hanging out with their friends and they're talking about their dreams and they say, I want to go play FCS football. Again, maybe in you know the Northwest where FCS football is king. So, that said, when you have a player like we've had this year who comes to the FCS level and dominates, that kid deserves to chase their dreams. We had Zai Alexander and Jack Henderson both go from the FCS to Power 5 schools. Jack's at Minnesota. Zai's at LSU for this next year. And I saw people not happy with that. And you know what? It hurts initially, but when the initial sting wears off, in this transfer portal era, I feel like that is what we should be rooting for, for these kids and for our student-athletes, is to do so well for Southeastern that they get a chance 
to put themselves in a position to do what they dreamed of when they were 10. Zai's accolades speak for themselves. You know? You don't get to to LSU by doing nothing. He earned it. Jack earned it. All Southland Conference in every single season he played at Southeastern. Would I have loved for them to stay forever? Of course. But in the transfer portal era, I think until the way the transfer portal is done, it's it's what we should be rooting for across every sport. We saw it with Gus Okafor last year. He's playing for Wichita State basketball now. If someone is good enough to dominate at Southeastern and make Southeastern something special and make our athletic program something special and put us on a national stage, you know, we played on ESPN last year for the conference championship in basketball. If we would have beaten Samford in overtime, we would have been up against the most accomplished program in FCS history in North Dakota State in the next round. And that would have been exposure. If a player is doing well enough to get to the Power 5 level, to transfer out of Southeastern and get to the Power 5 level, or to transfer out of Southeastern and even just get to the FBS, we should not be holding that against them. You know, yes, we had Robert Alford. Yes, we had Harlan Miller. Cole Kelly won the Heisman of the FCS. Cole Kelly was one of the most dominant players in the history of this sport. And without a doubt, he was the, you know, the best quarterback we've ever had. And Brian Bennett was pretty good too. You know, Brian Bennett never made a regular season roster. Cole's still grinding. I mean, in this day and age, in the transfer portal, if you have an opportunity to to get yourself more exposure, I mean, why are we going to be upset at kids for that at this level, you know? And then finally, you know, we, we, we use the portal a lot. Carlos Washington Jr. had an amazing season for us from New Hampshire. You know, are we getting upset at him for transferring out of New Hampshire to come to Southeastern? No. You know, I just... Again, like I said at the beginning of this, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, and this is mine. My opinion is, I'm super happy for guys like Zai and guys like Jack. And you better believe that I'm going to be rooting them on every Saturday and just hoping that they're dominating at LSU and Minnesota. Then Bryce Cage is at Texas state now and whoever else goes somewhere, you know, over the off season, I hope that all the guys who entered the portal wind up finding a home. I mean, and then you look at a guy like Marcus Cooper, Marcus Cooper was, you know, so important in that UIW run this year. 
And would I have liked to have him be a part of a run at Southeastern? Of course. But if he's not going to be here, I mean, why root? I don't know. Just, I don't know. I root, I root for these guys who were part of building this, who spent time building it. And I'm going to continue rooting for those guys. Um, so anyway, that's my thoughts on that. And again, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I love everybody who supports the show and supports Southeastern. I really do. But that's my thoughts on that. And um, we still got a handful of guys who are in the portal, still looking. And I hope that they all find homes. So I wanted to do uh, a whole show about that, a whole show about the portal. And obviously it didn't happen, but that's out of the way now. Let's get into basketball. And boy, is it a fun time. Men's basketball, 3-1 and one on the year. Women's basketball, 3-1 and one on the year. As we look ahead. All right. Obviously, won 3-4 on the women's side. Big win over Corpus Christi on Thursday. That gets us to 3-1. and one. It ends Corpus Christi's perfect season in Southland Conference play and very important because of weird NCAA moving from Division 2 to Division 1 rules we're technically in first not in terms of winning a regular season championship but in terms of grabbing a number 1 seed for the conference tournament. That is because Texas A&M Corpus Christi, not Corpus Christi, Texas A&M Commerce, we're starting to get too many Texas A&Ms in the world. That's actually a fun question. I'm going to find that out, how many Texas A&Ms there are. Commerce is 4-0. There's two 3-1 teams. They are the Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders, who we now hold the tiebreaker over, and your Southeastern Lions. We're both three and one. Commerce is four and zero, oh, but they can't uh, they can't win the conference. Let me see if they can even win. Um, the regular season. Let's find that out by going to the official website of the Southland Conference, and that's southlandconference.org. Usually, they have like a an asterisk next to it if they can't win it. So I don't I don't know. That's a question for someone who is more qualified than me. Anyway, um Commerce started two and ten and they've won all four of their conference games. That's crazy. So we'll see if they're able to keep the pace, you know? Um so far this year, the conference teams they've played are UIW Nichols McNeese and Houston Christian. UIW, McNeese, Nichols, Houston Christian. Not a single one of them have a winning record in conference. Houston Christian is the only one that is not below 500. We will play them. All the way in February. February 18th is the only time we'll play uh, Commerce. We play... Oh, wait, no. We play them on January 21st. At home! Anyway, 53-46 win over um, 
over Corpus Christi last night. Um, it was one of those nights for Alexis Horn where she shot the ball a ton. In only 10 minutes, she scored 20 points. How is that even possible? That she shot 16 shots in 10 minutes? I don't know if that's a mistake. That is wild. I don't know. That's according to the website. Southeastern uh, Lionsports.net. I don't know. But anyway, um, for the game, we only shot 35%, but we held the Islanders to only 30%. They shot 2 of 12 in the first uh, quarter. Only scoring five points. That's not going to get it done. Anyway, like I said, huge night for Alexis Horn, 20 points. Um, Natalie Kelly was sensational. Nine rebounds for Natalie Kelly. One of the best games of her career. You know, came in with a lot of expectations from Auburn. Uh, but starting to starting to really pick it up. And, you know, if we can continue that, you know, if if Natalie Kelly and Chrissy Brown are on the floor together, I don't know how anyone's going to ever rebound the basketball if, if, if they're not us. I mean, they are sensational rebounders. And then assist-wise, um, Haley Giortano uh, led the way with six. 8.6 assists, 5 rebounds for Haley last night. As we move to the men, I actually have um, something to say about the men's team. As we are now 3-1. and one. We've won three in a row. And we've won back-to-back overtime games. We're playing a ton of basketball. We play UIW on Saturday. We're in San Antonio on Saturday as we take a look at the men's basketball conference standings. And would you have a look at that? Who's who's leading? Who's leading the conference? Oh, well, I got the answer for you. It's the Southeastern Louisiana Lions. Because they hold the tiebreaker over Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Now, UNO is also 3-1. and one. We'll see who the Privateers lost to. Ooh, they play Corpus Christi tomorrow, which would be Saturday. That's a huge game. And we will root for Corpus Christi to win that because we own the tiebreaker over Corpus Christi. Their only loss came, wow, to HCU in uh, their Southland Conference opener. They then beat HCU, 82-59, uh, like a week later, they dominated Lamar and then they beat UIW last night in overtime. So I don't really, I mean, of course, Coach uh, Schlesinger over there is obviously he's built that program into something very, very good. Um, so always got to be uh, wary of them. But anyway, uh, you know, the story of last night was was the fight. Alec Woodard. Hits the three at the buzzer to send this game to overtime. Or actually, it was with four seconds left. I thought that there was like a second left. And then Corpus Christi inbounds it and got all the way down the floor. I thought that there was a mistake on the clock. No, they got a really good look at the end and missed it, thankfully. Um, so 
He sent us to overtime. Alec Woodard sent us to overtime with the three. He had 18 to go along with six rebounds and four assists. And then once we got to overtime, we scored 16 points in just five minutes. It was a very high-scoring overtime, 16-13. to 13. We scored 47 in the second half, overcoming a 13-point halftime deficit. Leading the way was uh, Nick Caldwell. I'll talk more about Nick here in a second. But then Roger McFarlane also added 20. Boogie Anderson had 15. And then Woodard had 18. We had four players in double figures. Unreal. Matthew Strange didn't hit a single bucket until overtime. He went one of six. But man, that three was huge. It wound up being the difference in the game. Shot 31 of 58 from the field. That's good for 53%. That's winning basketball. 38% from three. That's going to get it done most of the time. And then we hit 65% of the foul shots. I'd like to hit more, but whatever. Now, as we look ahead, we got uh, we got UIW on Saturday. Like I said, the Cardinals will enter the game as I pull it up again. It's 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 kind of the calling card here on the state of Southeastern is the incredible lack of research done beforehand. Incarnate Word is 0-4. They have lost five in a row. They are 0-8 away from home, but they are 4-3 at home. So I'm just saying, it wouldn't shock me. This is a game we need to win. Especially in this conference, you know, where everyone can beat anyone. This is so important because we have an opportunity to beat a team that, on paper, we should beat. We should beat this team. And it's a chance now because if Corpus Christi wins against UNO, that would put UNO to 3-2. and two. It would put Corpus Christi to 4-1. and one. And if we win, we're 4-1. and one. We own the tiebreaker over Corpus Christi. Of course, the conference shares the regular season championship, but you can't share a one seed in the conference tournament. So we'd be in line for that. Obviously, a long way to go. Uh, but anyway, that's what we got uh, to look forward to. The thing that I wanted to talk about with Nick Caldwell is Nick Caldwell has been an incredible story. And I and I look forward to talking with him um, sometime soon. We were actually supposed to talk, but apparently he had a basketball game to play or something. I don't know. Anyway, I just want to, you know, we talked about the transfer portal with football. Let's talk about Nick Caldwell's career journey and him getting, you know, to where he is. He came in as a freshman in 2019. Jeremiah Saunders transferred. Isaiah Kirby transferred. Max Romanoff transferred. Max Starwood graduated. Byron Smith transferred. Von Julian graduated. McKay Howell transferred. Pop Jop graduated. Brandon Gonzalez graduated. Ty Brewer transferred. And Max Brockman is still here. And then you go to the next year. You go to 2020. And we look at the players on, on that roster. 
plenty of carryover from 20, uh, what year is that? 2019 to 2020. But my point is, is that, you know, Caldwell stuck around through all this. We look at 2021, Jalen Hinton graduated. Roscoe Eastman's still here. Roger McFarland's still here. Gage Larvidane, obviously, transferred. Ryan Burkhart graduated. Antonio Gordon transferred. Joe Kasperzik transferred. Gus Okafor transferred. Max Brockman is only a redshirt sophomore. He's been playing here since <laughs> since uh, twenty. What is that? Twenty nineteen. The COVID year is. He's not even a. He's not even listed as a redshirt sophomore, on this year's roster. He's just a true sophomore, in his fourth year. I just think that's hilarious. Anyway, Nick Caldwell. Another one that the COVID rules. He's only a junior. But anyway, Nick comes in as a freshman and plays extremely well, right? First year, he started three games. He averaged over 18 minutes a game. Scored a career-high 16 points twice. Starts six games in 2020. And then only starts two games last year. Had a career low in minutes. He went from 18 minutes as a freshman, 21 minutes as a so- in his second year. I'm not going to say sophomore because he's only a junior. And then only 11 minutes last year. And then to start the year, as we look at his, his game log, he goes 19 minutes, 17 minutes, 15 minutes. Had only 8 minutes against Appalachian State. Only 10 minutes against Dayton. And then something wonderful happened. Against Bellhaven, he goes 28 minutes, 11 points. Then, Troy, he gets 10 points in 23 minutes. And I think that that really started something. Or actually, I'm I'm looking at the wrong... What am I looking at there? Anyway. He scores 23. My apologies. He scores 23 against Bellhaven. That's a career high. He scores 19 against Troy. Now we're getting the hang of it. 19 against Troy. I was looking at rebounds. He had 23 and 11 against Bellhaven. He had 19 and 10 against Troy. And now that the rebounds have kind of gone away, the points have not. 16 against Southern. 15 against Lamar. And last night, 21 to lead the way against Corpus Christi. The resurgence of his career is crazy. Because if we go back to last year, let's just look at his point totals. He he scored a season-high 11. That was his uh, season-high last year. He only got into double figures once, and it was all the way in December. Once the new year began, five points, eight points, no points, six points, no points, seven, two, two, three, five, six. Went three consecutive games without a point. Had two against UNO, or actually uh, against Incarnate Word. Scoreless against UNO. Four points, three points, no points, and four points. I mean, 
the fact that that guy has been leading the way over the past month, kudos to you, Nick Caldwell. Again, we, uh, and I, I talked about it at the beginning of the show, using the term we. But I guess if you think about it, we, you and I, everyone who listens to the show, we want Nick Caldwell on the show. We're going to get him on the show. Uh, just didn't work out this week. Anyway, a bit of a shorter episode because we don't have a guest. But thank you for being my guest. Anyway, um, big weekend of basketball. Very important that we win these games. So hopefully let's try to do that. Thanks for um, thanks for sticking around and supporting the show, everybody. Um, going to throw this out there. I don't know if anybody's listening. Uh, if you are a ham in business that has any interest in supporting the state of Southeastern, let us support you. Reach out to us, or to me. It's just me. Stateofsoutheastern at gmail.com. You can DM us. DM me. I don't know. Is that bothersome, using that plural term? DM the page at the state of SLU on Twitter and Instagram if you'd like to. But don't worry. I'll be reaching out to you too. All right? So you don't have to do too much legwork. Hope everybody's having a good new year. Again, thank you so much, everybody, for supporting the show. We'll have a guest next time so you don't have to listen to me the whole time. Anyway. Have a great weekend, everyone. As always, it's lying up over everything. This is the state of Southeastern.